Welcome to Local Matters, the radio show about all things affecting Central Kentucky with Alan Stein and Skip Elliott. Brought to you by Citizens Commerce. Switch one time for a lifetime. Welcome to Local Matters, a presentation of LM Communications brought to you by Citizens Commerce Bank. Switch one time for a lifetime. I'm Skip Elliott with my co-host and pickleball partner, Alan Stein. Yeah, yeah. how and you doing, Skip? I'm doing and good. We, we've got more pickles That's today. That's right. We've got another pickle. This is a pickleball rookie. It's Jay Alexander from uh, 1079 The Beat. Hey, Jay. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing we're, good. We're, and... I just knocked my microphone over a bit. That, that was excellent. That's I okay. am a professional. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> and with us, we have the honor of having Dr. Aaron Gilliam, Ph.D., Assistant Professor of African American History at Kentucky State. Hi, how are you today? Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. We're glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate the invitation. Tell us a little bit about you first, Dr. Gilliam. Um, I am a military brat. Both of my parents were active military, mm-hmm. um, but I attended Kentucky State University as an undergraduate student and then eventually went to UK, got the PhD, met the husband. So here I am. Well, that's the way it works. <laughs> so I'm and, here and for now good. You're a radio. Star. I am a Kentucky girl now. <laughs> and our listeners who uh, uh, often listen to all of our podcasts will note that this is the largest contingent of questioners we've ever had. <laughs> I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Uh, well, it's all about you, that's for sure. So thank you for being here. We really do appreciate you. you taking time out. And our discussion this month is about Black History Month. And we're recording now for the middle of February to the end, so we're into Black History Month. Perhaps you might want to give us some sort of a, a synopsis of where Black History Month came from okay. and what we definitely that. hope to accomplish uh, by observing it. Okay. Um, Black History Month started in 1926 by Carter G. Woodson, who, uh, of course, attended Berea College. Um, and he started off as a week. Uh, he was the second black man to get a Ph.D. from Harvard University. And he's like, black people are missing from history books. Where is the black history? Where are we? Um, so he started off as Negro History Week. And then by 1976, President Gerald Ford said, no, we're going to do Black History Month. And that's when it became celebrated as a national, fully recognized holiday, per se. So. There's a lot of famous black African-Americans from Kentucky. There are. So uh, give us a little bit, since we're doing Kentucky (laughs) black history, give us a few. Give us a few. Okay, well, that is my specialty. I went to UK for the PhD. I studied uh, studied under Gerald Smith, who is like one of the leading African-American historians. And a classmate of mine. Oh, was he? Yes. And he's like the leading black history (laughs) scholar for Kentuckian black or black Kentuckians. And mostly I focus on black education and first black teachers. Right now, though, I've been found I've found this niche on first black communities that were started by like black people and they had black schools, black cemeteries. So we can go from Bracktown that was founded by uh, free or find about founded by free blacks during the slavery period. We could talk about Maddox Town. So I've just that's where my research has, has carried me recently. But Kentucky is like a wealth a wealth of black history. But I think sometimes it gets left out because we're not Alabama. We're not Mississippi. But we're not like in the deep, deep, deep South. But, you know, Kentucky has that weird, are we Midwest? Are we deep South? Are we, where are we? When I came up here, when I moved up here, 30 years or 20, yeah, 30 years ago, I said, we're still south of the Mason-Dixon line? Yeah. And I didn't know that Mason-Dixon line went, it's Cincinnati. It does, but we have that, 
St. Louis, Cincinnati, but then you still, when you read Black history or study Black history, and you realize, oh, wait, there's this Southern feel here, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to race relations and things like that. And UK was very supportive in making sure that um, our students in our graduate program studied race in Kentucky and race at the University of Kentucky and how it wasn't always this, oh, we get along so well, kumbaya, in Kentucky. Yeah, well, we know that's not true. (laughs) But, But... I think part of that, uh, from a, an historical perspective, uh, might go back to the division in the state during the Civil War and, and leading up to that period. Uh, we still, as a Commonwealth, have never truly figured out whether we're North or South, and, and they certainly didn't then. No. And are we, I mean, and are we re- really ready to have candid conversations about race? I mean, that's a big question. Some of us are ready, but are we really ready to have it? Are we really ready to have it in our school systems with our children? And I think that I have two small girls and my um, oldest just started kindergarten and she comes home and she's talking about skin color and hair. And I think like that's a really it's a really different place to be in and that we have to have candid conversations with our children, especially. Do you think Mayor Gray started that conversation when they rebooted the statues from the courthouse square? I do. I think definitely started that conversation. I think that it started a valuable conversation, but it's a conversation that has to continue. Well, let me add to that. That conversation, even before the, the discussion of removal of the statues, uh, was uh, begun in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, I was chairman of the board of Commerce Lexington at the time. And on our leadership trip that year, I made the arrangement for us uh, to go to Mother Emanuel Church, mm-hmm. the place where the, the exact mm-hmm. place where, where the massacre took place. And we started then, um, it, it, our police chief, Mark Barnard, and uh, C.B. Akins and myself, basically, and we invited Mayor Gray and flew him down and invited their mayor. And in the church, we had what we started calling candid conversations, and then we changed it to courageous conversations. conversations like that. And we've been having them intermittently ever since. So, um, you know, it has been an ongoing discussion uh, between the communities in Lexington. And we've been very proud of that. It just hasn't grown enough. Give us some details about Camp Nelson. I know we had talked about that last year. Give us some about Camp that. Nelson yeah. was during the uh, Civil War. Camp Nelson was a settlement where blacks who were leaving the Confederate side could go to Camp Nelson uh, for the Union and be on the Union side. And also at the end of the Civil War, Camp Nelson was a place where blacks settled and they created a um, community more so now. Um, it is a cemetery, right. but um, it is a celebration. Oh, my gosh. When I was at UK, we used to take like trips to Camp Nelson, and we, t- we would take trips to Maysville, Kentucky, and do all these sites that people don't even know existed in Kentucky, especially one of the l- largest, I don't want to say largest stops, one of the most, one of the most famous stops on the Underground Ra- Railroad was in Maysville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. right there, and, and right going into Ripley, Ohio. And, I've, you know, we've got to see that and walk on those grounds. And I wish we would all kind of just see this is Kentucky. Yeah. And it has so much history in it. Well, we, we are so rich in so many different histories 
but I think our black history often gets overlooked. It does. And so these kinds of discussions, when Black History Month comes up, are so valuable and so important for all of us, on regardless of, of where you are on the spectrum, to be able to have these discussions. So, we, which is why we appreciate you coming well, and spending you. some some time with us. But your your discipline must be so incredibly interesting. It is. It can be. In some days, it can be a little overwhelming. And I think that I think I always find it so funny when people say, "Oh, you're a historian," and then they'll start asking me questions about Civil War or the Russian. And I'm like, "No, I do this really small part." And I I really do focus on Kentucky or Black Kentucky history and mainly churches and education. Um, but it can be, but it's related to every contemporary thing in this world. And I think that when it comes to history, whether it's black history, people of color, it's important that regardless of what you look like, what you believe in, it brings some type of cultural awareness mm -hmm. that we all have an understanding. We can all kind of progress better in where we are if we just all take the time to understand. Give us so, a, oh, I'm sorry. sorry, Jake. Give us a, a few names of local black people in history that we might recognize or should know about. That's a big one. Um, local black Kentuckians or like Lexington. Fed I'm thinking County. Lexingtonians, but Kentuckians is fine. Okay, well, definitely Frank X. Walker, right? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I said in one of his grad classes, so I'm going to say his name. Hopefully he'll listen. <laughs> so definitely Frank X. Walker. Um, we can also talk about... Um, I'm like Dewey Street. I know that you and I have talked about Dewey right. Street and just African American these communities where they had schools, churches, grocery stores, and Black communities. Uh, we could talk about Will Harbit. Um, I'm actually working on Maddox Town and um, that right now. And we can talk about Manowar and Isaac Murphy and all these. I mean, of course, these are all names that we've heard of. Uh, Greg Page, although he's not from Lexington, he uh, attended Kentucky, uh, the University of Kentucky. And, you know, was the second, what, University of Kentucky athlete to receive a scholarship. That's right. He was so, from Millsboro. Millsboro, Kentucky, right. right. And one of your founders of your husband's fraternity. Yes, Tandy. Vertner's Tandy is also from Lexington. His house is right up the street. I did the groundbreaking when they did the whole historical thing. Right. Um, this Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So, I mean. WC it, Handy? <laughs> yes. Um, so, we've talked about so many of those mm -hmm. just. That's Kentucky, and I mean, of course. Wait a second. W.C. Handy was from here. It's from Kentucky. Yes. yes, I did not know that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And the what is he? The father of blues. Father, father of blues. blues. Yes. 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 Sure is. So yeah. That's what they were very cool. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Jay. Like, they began to overwhelm. Welcome. I'm like, wow. oh wait, no, there's. And then we can talk about Pamela Goodwine. We can wow. talk about the first black judge to ever hold a seat in Indiana was from Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, we can go every, the first colored school, well, that's what it was called, it was called the first right. African American, but it was called the first colored school that was free, started by the Methodist Church um, in the southern United States was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I, I, I think so it's excited. very important not just to have <laughs> Black History Month, but I think this should be going on 24-7. We sure. should teach it to our children no matter what color they are. Definitely. And it's 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 love. It is. Know, above and beyond everything else. It is. It is. It's 365 in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my students, too, because not only do I teach African-American history, I teach his, um, Latin American history, I teach American history, and I think that... Oftentimes, people of color, not just African-American, we get that little paragraph that Martin Luther King, that Rosa Parks. But no, it's got to be embedded into yeah. everything. Yep. And that's just the start of it. 
if memory serves me correct, wasn't Brandeis Law School on the campus of U of L? First African-American law school? Kind of, sort of. It was the Louisville, like kind of Simmons College, Louisville Municipal College. And then it it was on, it was housed there, but it was actually started by the African-American Baptist Church of Kentucky. Hmm. They had the first law school, the first medical school, and the first collegiate program that was solely funded by the African African American Baptist Church, and named after the first uh, Supreme Jewish Supreme Court Justice uh, Louis right. Brandeis. Right, and Simmons College just uh, got their accreditation back, so now they're back to being an HBCU. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. This is Local Matters, a presentation of LM Communications, brought to you by Citizens Commerce Bank. Switch one time for a lifetime. We're speaking with Dr. Aaron Gilliam, Ph.D., Assistant Professor of African American Studies at Kentucky State. Where do you think we are today? in race relations here in central Kentucky? That's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> it is. But, but we want to have a candid and, and courageous conversation here. So. Do I think we can be much further? I really do. And when I think on a scholarship level, scholarship, of course, we're all going to say the right things or what we think needs to be said. But what are we saying behind our closed doors? What are we saying in our racially segregated churches, homes, neighborhoods? Those conversations need to be had. And I think, especially now as I have school-age children, I realize that it's being taught and that when my child comes home and says that Bobby said this, I realize she heard it He, she heard it at home or he heard it at home. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, my husband and I don't say, per se, the N-word, but if she heard it, I'm like, wow, how are you hearing this? Why are you hearing this? What context? It doesn't even matter what context you heard it, but right. why at six or seven are you guys saying this? You know, and I have an issue with that a little bit. So. And you find that still to be prevalent here in central Kentucky? It's not going to be blatant in my face, but I do think racism is still embedded in our society. And I wanted to uh, get your opinion about the Covington students and the situation that happened in D.C. Yes. a couple of days ago. What's your thought on that? <laughs> my thoughts is that I have taught high school social studies before teaching college for five years. So I think whether black, whites student of color, I think that male students can sometimes be arrogant. So do I think there was racial motivations embedded? Perhaps. Do I think he was also an arrogant teenager? Definitely. Um, Do I think that this causes serious questions, conversations that we need to have about race? Yes. The attention that he is getting, I don't want him to get so much. Why? You're arrogant. You you know you you probably you were raised with this white privilege and the self entitlement I'm sure, but why are we giving it so much attention? I mean, I was reading like Twitter is not the super reliable source, but <laughs> on Twitter they, somebody it is when you find something you agree with, right? Yeah. And, and, and they were like tweeting like, why does a kid get like a soft interview and a PR firm to represent him now for interviews? And I'm like, come on, guys. Let's direct this energy and these resources to the big question at hand. I just, I don't want you know. I think it's also a part of the, uh, the problem is the news media yeah. is really pushing their agenda of trying to get the news and trying to, well, let's see what this kid did or let's see what, you know. And I think that's to a fault right yeah. now. And our, our news is not always, I mean, they say fake news, but sometimes it is fake news. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, if you think a little bit harder, you'll find the 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 yeah, definitely. And where were the chaperones? Yeah. You know? That's my question. All of this could have been avoided if the adults would have did their job. Just, hey, mm-hmm. stop, guys. Yeah, exactly. Redirect. Just move on. Away, move yeah, away. I've taught high school. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, just move on. Hey, we're moving. Keep going. You know, stop. And I just, I, I do wonder that as a parent. And where, where was yeah. that? Where were the chaperones? Even down to the Make America Great Again hat. Yeah. Don't wear that right now. You know, it's a divided nation. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that further divides, but I also don't want you to tell me what I can't wear either. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. <laughs> there are First Amendments. Right. I don't want you to tell me what it's so, I mean, wear what you want to wear, but also realize that when you represent something and you wear something, you need to own it. You yep. need you exactly you need to own it. And it's probably not right, but when I see a Make America Great Again sign in your yard, my assumption it might be incorrect. But my assumption is already leading to the fact like, oh my God, am I welcome here? Is it race related? Yeah. And it might not even be. It very likely might not be. There's so many other things there are. That, that go into. But you those, just said media is making us think. Those mm-hmm. symbols. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So here we are. It's Black History Month. How is it being celebrated here in Central Kentucky? Oh, my gosh. So Black History Month. I know I work in Kentucky State University, which is a historically black college and university. Um, so we celebrate it, of course, all year long. But we do have special community programs, special student programs um, that start with conversations about colorism. We do a cel- we honor black alumni, Kentucky State University. Also, I'm not sure about any of the Lexington community activities yet, but I'm sure there is something. I know Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is doing a black health awareness um, through Black History Month at the William Wells Brown Community Center. And if you see the portraits around some of the windows of the building, I was here. So I'll attribute it to Cheapside. That's is going oh, to yes. come up in mm-hmm. February as well. That's a big I, – I struggled with Cheapside. Yeah. I, I str- like, do I go? I have not gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not gone in years. Just Cheapside, you know, uh, slave, enslaved Africans were sold at a cheaper price. It was the second largest slave auction outside of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like if your slave had a physical defect, you're like, oh, I'd sell him a Cheapside. I'll get, I'll get a little bit more money, and it was, and, you know, it was cheaper. Um so when you say you haven't gone, does that mean you haven't gone into the basement areas? No, I have not even gone to the pavilion or any of the outdoor oh. activities. Uh, I did a couple of times, like maybe in grad school and then I don't want to say enlightenment or whatever, but just the idea of it, I'm just not ready for. And maybe I will be soon, but I'm just not sure if I want to go celebrate and party at a place where my ancestors were sold. And I know that sounds so big and in the air but i'm just well maybe i understand that you understand that yes, yeah definitely and so, you were a public school teacher i do was you, do you think that the public school teachers are doing enough to teach our history oh you know i'm not gonna talk out teachers now <laughs> I don't, I, no i'm just i'm just asking your professional opinion <laughs> i think public school right. teachers have one of the hardest jobs in the world that they do um do i think they are be are doing do, Mm. I think our curriculum could be better. Mm-hmm. I do think that our school systems, our national curriculum uh, selection committees could do a lot better, including not just African-Americans, women, mm-hmm. Native Americans, Hispanic or Latino Americans. And honestly, teachers, of course, we expand and we go with with our passion, but we're also taught what we're given. Right. 
And so that's a curriculum question. What is Kentucky doing about the curriculum? And, you know, the leading school system when it comes to designing curriculum, most states follow Texas. What are they doing? And are you getting the resources that they need to right. do it? Right. And, you know, that from the state standpoint right now, that's. Right. That's not hard. I just That's want them to have a retirement plan. Well, Can resources across the board for education <laughs> exactly. uh, are at risk, and, and we all have to think about how we can do a better job right. of that across the board. Dr. Gilliam, as we begin to wrap this, this up, this uh, conversation, what do you think? We, we, we do have a Black History Month. It's a designated time, and, we, and there are celebrations and we hope that, as at Kentucky State, the conversations go on throughout the year. But what is it, at bottom line, that we should all be hoping to accomplish by this increased awareness that comes once a year? I think the ongoing theme in our conversation that we've had at this table is conversations. And being able to have conversations without a, or without offense and um, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you this is how I feel about Cheap Side. This is how I feel about Make America Great Again. And you could, you know how when you're in an argument with someone and before you can, um, you're not even processing what they're saying. You're already ready to say what you want to say, mm-hmm. but we have to listen. And I think when it comes to people, African Americans, it's already get over it, move on, uh, you know, you've got the same opportunities I have at this point. And I don't think those converse people aren't ready to listen. You have to listening is so key and listening with more than your ears, listening with your heart and wanting to be understanding. And well, you're you're a teacher. Yes. How do you teach us to do that? That's a hard. How do I teach you to listen? Then that start in the home. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> then that's starting the home. I, I, th- yeah. I think it's fair to say that it probably should, should. Yeah. But like so many other things in our society, they are not being appropriately taught in the home. No. And it's not just about listening. It's about ac- actions and being genteel and caring and compassionate. A lot of things are not being taught in the home. So if we recognize that uh, as a society, what do we do? Right. I mean, wow, that's a, well, one thing we did start at Kentucky State, regardless of your major, everyone has to take an intro to African-American history class. Um, And I know a lot of smaller institutions are doing that now, whether it's a Latin American history, but making us see that it's so much more than just European Eurocentric studies. I think that can start it, but then you were waiting for college. So I really don't have a solution um, what do you think? Look. <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, there ought to be some general survey kinds of things introduced much earlier in mm-hmm. our school system. Uh, I, 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 I am concerned that if we start to focus on one group or another, we'll leave some others out, and so that doesn't that doesn't solve our general problem. Right. So. Teaching a, a you know a general critical thinking uh, with compassion about all of us, not not just your history or my history, but all of our history and how they work together. That's true. Uh, I think would be the best approach. So you sound you know, like my six year old. She says, and I'll come home and I'll tell her something. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, but she's like, well, mommy, the most important thing is love, and I'm like. 
yeah, you're right. <laughs> and she's learned it at school. She's like, the most important thing is love. And I was like, you're right, baby. The most important thing is love. We just, she's like, love everybody. Tan, brown, like, you're right. Love. All right. Well, I, I think having been called out as a six-year-old, <laughs> that, that I'm going to... I knew he was going to end the program right now. <laughs> I, I think we're going to wrap it up. Dr. Gilliam, thank you so thank much. Thank you. It's been here. a pleasure. I'm anxious to meet your daughter. <laughs> oh, she, <laughs> she's got her mama's mouth. <laughs> Jay, thanks for being our guest as well. Thank we you very much. It. And Dr. Aaron Gilliam, Ph.D., Assistant Professor of African American History at Kentucky State. Thank you for being our guest. Thank That's you, guys. Great. I had a blast. Invite this, me back. Yeah, Invite really me back. Good. Really good. Really good. That Thank wraps you. up this week's Local Matters, brought to you by Citizens Commerce Bank. Switch one time for a lifetime. Join us next time for another edition of Local Matters. You've been listening to Local Matters, the radio show about all things affecting Central Kentucky. Brought to you by Citizens Commerce. Switch one time for a lifetime. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of LM Communications Broadcast Media Group affiliates or sponsors.